Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. Lots of schedule changes. Uh, we had the game of the year in uh, Michigan, Ohio State yesterday. So let's get right into it. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Borsky. Let's do it. schedule changes that came out uh, just earlier today because Iona's season, Iona's regular season uh, has come to an end a few weeks early because they are once again um, on a COVID pause. Thankfully, they're at 13 games, so they're still eligible uh, for the conference tournament, although the conference tournament does start 14 days from today. Yeah, that's uh... – they're they're cutting it close with that pause i mean there's a very very likely chance now with them only having what five conference wins that they're gonna they're almost certainly gonna be playing oh six wins excuse me okay but i mean regardless they're almost certainly gonna be playing in the first round there's i don't believe there's uh hold on let me take a look at that actually before i don't think so because uh sienna has nine monmouth has ten ten eight eight seven seven yeah i believe they're done so that would put them at six at best right so yes yeah either way they will be playing in the first round and with that being pretty much 14 days away now that it's i mean it, it i guess it really just depends on if the spread of that one case, if that if that hits multiple people, I imagine right. that the, the the pause might have to be longer. Yes. Um, so that's definitely something you got to keep an eye out for. Um, if they're not playing in the tournament, that definitely throws a bit of a wrench in the works because Iona mm-hmm. is definitely one of the more talented teams right. in the conference, and um, <laughs> they're probably going to be the most talented, you know, seven, eight, nine seed in the history of the conference tournament. So right. Um, <laughs> You know, it's I, I I would feel bad for whatever first round team has to face them, but uh, yeah, I think that I mean that it would be unfortunate, you know what I mean? Because I think, you know, they've had so many pauses this year, and you know, they barely get the thirteen games, and then they they wind up pausing again. And uh, I certainly hope they're able to play. I think it would make the, the conference tournament a lot more fun to watch, a lot more mm-hmm. fun. Period. But um, yeah, it's gonna be tight definitely gonna be yeah tight. And, and and this is something that you and i were talking about earlier this afternoon um like a lot of these teams say they're going on pause now they're kind of getting to a point where they're cutting it close with the conference tournaments because these tournaments it's february 22nd i mean they're coming up mm-hmm. i know it's true i get you don't <laughs> until you told me earlier that it's like 14 days away until the conference tournament like i that isn't even still set into my head that it's already february 22nd so weird but uh, yeah, it's it's really it's sneaking up on us slowly but surely. I mean, there's only teams only have like two more series of regular season games left, and then a couple you know midweek games here and there. Um, so yeah, it's 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 slowly but surely creeping up on us, and yeah, and, looking and forward speaking, to it. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know those schedule changes that just came out today. So now Canisius will play. At Niagara uh, this coming weekend, that series was supposed to be in two weeks. It will now be played in one week. Um, so I, I am planning on being at both of those games on Friday and Saturday. Um, Canisius is coming off a split 
um, against Fairfield this past weekend, 80 to 69 win for them on Friday. And then a 66 to 53 loss on Saturday. I missed the game on Saturday, but the game on Friday, Malik Green, he had the game. He had a career night, 29 points, 10 of 15 shooting four to six from three. He had nine rebounds as well in that game. Jordan Henderson played damn good too. 19.7 of eight shooting. It was probably one of the best games the Griffs have played all year. Yeah, and the crazy part is it's they the got defense. off. Yeah, they got off to a slow start. A slow start too. Uh, you know they weren't necessarily firing coming out of the gate. Um, trailed by I want to say eleven, as much as eleven, something like that in the I first think it was half. About there, yeah. Um. So yeah, to be able to kind of get going there in the second half and end up kind of pulling away down the stretch is, is is a very impressive, a very impressive feat. Um. And then you go to the game Saturday. It was pretty much the same thing, except they couldn't claw themselves back. You know what I mean? They had the slow start to start the game, and Fairfield went up double digits. And I think I want to say they came as close as seven in the second half, and that was about it. Um, Hastings Cruz had 17 Saturday. He must have heard me uh, talking bad about him on the last podcast. (laughs) He he turned up for for uh, for the Stags on Saturday to get them to six wins in in conference. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of an expected thing. You know what I mean? As, as we mentioned pretty much all season, you know, split a split is probably the most likely outcome of the right. majority the of these series. Of these series right. um, so, you know, for Kenichas to have two sweeps already this year is, is very, very impressive in the limited action that they've had. Um, as you mentioned, Niagara this coming weekend with the change and then Sienna uh, to close the season. So um, obviously Siena is not an easy team to play. Um, Niagara, you, you're certainly going to look at that Niagara series as the more, mm-hmm. um, I guess, I, I guess the more winnable uh, of right. the two series for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see if they can take advantage of that. Niagara, obviously, they uh, they played two really tight games against Siena. They split. Yes, they did. Um, they split with the uh, the Saints this weekend. Uh, it was both six- of those were two point games. I yeah. mean, I watched uh, which game did I watch? I watched the game on Saturday. Um, the one that Niagara won. It was sixty six or sixty four to sixty two. I'm sorry. Um, that that was a good game. It was tight the whole afternoon. Um, Kobe. It, Kobe Nwandu uh, put up 16 points. Uh, Marcus Hammond had 15. Um, I mean, that was the game that really either of those teams could have won. And it mm. just came down to plays down the stretch. And I, it was just at the end that Niagara made more plays than Sienna did in those last handful of minutes of the game. Right. Yeah. And I know this is, we've kind of talked about this with Jalen Pickett uh, already this season and he's his inconsistency i mean that yeah, saturday game, a, he one for nine five yeah. points um you know did put in five assists and four rebounds so he, he was certainly uh, two steals and two blocks as well so he certainly was making plays you know but just scoring the basketball he just could not seem to find his touch um regardless for him to have that bad of a game and them still to only lose by two yeah. is is noteworthy you know what i mean they they certainly have a talented supporting cast around him but um, it's just something, just something to keep an eye out with Max coming up on the horizon. Right. You know, you know they kind of have uh, the supporting cast around him um, right. to pick up for the slack when he's kind of having a rough game. So, right. you know, it's just it's just something to look out for when Max come come about. Um, because right. and oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say because you just said the supporting cast. Jordan King has definitely become that guy. Um, for Sienna, he's their leading scorer now, or 
he's not their leading scorer anymore. He was at one point in the weekend. Uh, Manny Camper is at 13.3. Jordan King is at 12.8. Um, so King has become that guy. Like you said, you know, they're having like those guys get pick at camp are obviously the two big ones. And now they're looking for those other guys. Jordan King is definitely that guy. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's certainly stepped up uh, this season, uh, you know, as, as you alluded to. And um, if he can continue to play well, I think that they will be fine uh, in, in the Mac tournament. And obviously Jalen Pickett, he's almost like a volcano at this point, you know, he can erupt whenever. Right. Right. Um, yeah. He's a guy who can like totally take over. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's really just going to come down to, to what, uh, you know, just how, how good is he going to be during the tournament? You know what I mean? With right. it being a single elimination tournament, you know, one off night for any team. And you're done. Yeah, yeah exactly. May end your season. So, you know, if, if, if he does continue to struggle a little bit, um, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, I think Sienna, per, I, I still think Sienna is the best team in this conference, but mm-hmm. I think that they're a little more vulnerable than they were, or that a lot of, than a lot of people thought they were going to be um, at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. You know who Jalen Pickett reminds me of as a guy who can totally take over games and I'll bring up an example of that happening is Nico Claret. I don't know if um, you remember him, but he was a great player on Siena. I think it was in the 2017, it was in the 2017 semifinal against Monmouth. He had 20 some odd points in the second half alone. And he was basically a one man wrecking crew for that team um, in that game. And they ended up going to the MAC final. Granted, they lost to Iona um, in that game. But I think Jalen Pickett's ability to take over a game is not too much different from Nico Claris ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I personally cannot say that I've, I watched him play on Nico Claris, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'll take your word for it. You know what I mean? I'll definitely take right. your word for it. It definitely sounds like a good comparison. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the good news for Sienna is that they're not a Jalen Pickett and that's it team. You know, we're, right. we're, we're, we're pretty they much have just said depth. that they have the depth to be all right. Um, but yeah, just something, something to keep an eye out for sure with the tournament coming up. Um, and, on, and on the Niagara side, as you also said, you know, Kobe Nwandu has been playing great, great ball for them. Right. Uh, still got Marcus Hammond. He's a threat would, to mean, drop 20 any night. If, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Niagara makes a little run in the tournament. Maybe they mm-hmm. go to the semifinals. They're, yeah, I no. I think absolutely. they're a team that has, that has potential to do that. This is not – I mean, they played a lot of games. They're, they're seven and nine in the league. They played 16 um, – league games that's tied for the most in the league with Monmouth and Marist yeah they're seven and nine this is not as bad of a team as they as their record shows they're better than what their record shows absolutely Mm -hmm. no for sure for sure and I mean when you got a duo like Nwandu and and Marcus Hammond that um, can consistently give you anywhere from 15 to 25 points on a nightly basis you know Mm -hmm. they're always a threat to go off so um, you know to have that that uh that variable in play uh in a, in a best of one you know you lose you go home situation mm-hmm. it's certainly advantageous so um yeah I, I i agree with you i definitely think that they could be a bit of a sleeper team um come march mm-hmm. um yeah i absolutely absolutely agree um other mac results we had a couple sweeps over the weekend as well um iona who we just talked about earlier they go on pause uh, their last two regular season games, they get a sweep of Monmouth, 91 to 86. 
on Friday and then 88 to 65 um, on Saturday. Isaiah Ross had 31 points in that game. Man, that's a that's one of one of the best of performances showing. we've seen all year in this league. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. That's an incredible, incredible showing. I mean, he is such a talented scorer, and to do it against a team of Monmouth's Monmouth's capabilities is is extremely impressive. I mean, they absolutely blew Monmouth out of the water on that Saturday game. Um, so yeah, very, very good showing from him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the only player in the league. Um, that's averaging over 20 points a game. I think he leads the league in points at 20. He's averaging 20 and a half. Um, Asante Gist played really well. He had 15 points in that game. Dylan Van Eck had 13 off the bench. He, uh, he had a great series at 13 in both games. Um, he had literally the same line in both games, 13 points, eight rebounds in both games. He had four assists in the first game and five assists in the second game. Huh. He literally had the same. He had two turnovers in each game, uh, two steals and three steals, one block in each game. That's weird. It's <laughs> weird, actually. Oh my god, I didn't. He, I did not he know. He literally that. had an identical line in both, like for the most part. Not not exactly identical, but for the most part. That is that is that is something he, special. He's the guy that. that only you know was scoring five six points a game. Uh, he had 14 against Fairfield way back on December 11th. Um, but yeah, that's weird. Anyway, good for him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, what the hell? Uh, we had another, that was the first of two sweeps this weekend. Quinnipiac sweeps Ryder 80 to 64 on Saturday and then 93 to 68 on Sunday. One of the bigger blowouts we've seen. One of the rare blowouts that, uh, we see in this league, Luis Courtright had 25 for the Bobcats in game two. Luis Courtright is a guy that I uh, I kind of realized existed in um, the Kanisha series because he, he, he struggled in those games. He was coming off a 20-point performance against Fairfield uh, back on February 7th, and he has really, really improved um, as the season has gone on. He's just a freshman. Um, so I'm really intrigued to be able to see um, how he develops mm-hmm. uh, moving forward um, with this Quinnipiac team but he, because he has put together some really impressive performances lately. He had 18 in the first game as well. So 18 in the first game, 25 in the second game, um, easily his best weekend of the year. Yeah, no um, kidding. Easily Quinnipiac's best weekend of the year. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the Quinnipiac team that has really kind of been a, been a bit of a roller coaster. You know what I mean? They've had yeah. some stretches where they've played really well, gotten a few wins in a row, and they've also had stretches where they've been pretty bad and lost uh, lost four in a row at one point uh, earlier this season. And now they're right. on a three-game winning streak again. So, um, you know, if they can be riding, you know, if, if they're on if they're on the up the upper part of the roller coaster heading into – Heading into Atlantic City, I think mm-hmm. they certainly have the potential to make some noise. Or excuse me, make some noise. I think they definitely have the talent to, um, as you alluded to, you know, Courtright. Uh, if he can step up and play a significant role for them, that would be big. Uh, Jacob Ragoni is one of the more consistent players um, mm-hmm. in the MAC as, one as of the a best shooter. Shooters, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah, one of the more consistent shooters. Um, so yeah, I think the talent is there. I don't think that they're a super complete team. Um, no, I don't think so either. But you know, I. You know, that's the beauty of March. You never know what's going to happen, I guess. So, right. Um, I mean, they, they, they can go on a run. They're get, they get hot at the right time. They go on a run. You're looking at a deep uh, MAC tournament. Yeah. 
that. Yeah, no, true, true. I think that is one of the beauties of the Mac this year. And I guess, I guess it's been kind of like that for, for a while now that we really haven't had a, like an above and beyond solid team in a few years now. Um, but I, I think the Mac tournament can, is, especially with COVID and all the crazy stuff going on, it is a right. very, very wide open tournament this year. Um, it would not stun me whatsoever to see like a first round team make the finals or, um, you know, maybe a, a four or five C potentially win it all. You know, I, I think Sienna, I think as we kind of talked about Sienna, I do believe is the best team in, in the Mac. I think Monmouth is a really good team, but um, I really do think that any team could potentially give any other team a game on any given night. Um mm-hmm. And I'm really, really looking forward to the tournament this year. I think I think it has the potential to be very, very exciting. Absolutely, absolutely, I am too. Uh, one more result from the week: um, Fairfield and or not Fairfield, St. Peter's and Maris got a split. St. Peter's won 59-54 on Saturday. Maris 51 to 50 on Sunday. Uh, both of those teams both uh, hovering around. So both of those teams are now at eight wins. Um, in the league overall. So they'll end up being top seeds just because they played a, a bunch of games. Yeah. That's, that's so. the truth. I mean, bearing it, it's really going to come down to, um, you know, pretty much if they can win a game, I think they will be locked in. Or no, I don't think they'd be locked in. Cause I think one of the, the six, because I think it would still... have to do stuff with uh tiebreakers. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a fact. Which, I, which I'm, that's, that's a little too advanced for me. I can, I can do it in a normal season when everyone's played the normal amount of games, but um, this year where everyone's playing a completely different number of games and not everybody has played everybody. It's a little confusing. It is. It's, it's very confusing, <laughs> but uh, as I, I'll run it down where we are right now, I will run it down. This is per for the, from the max website. Uh, Monmouth at 10 wins. Uh, they're the number one C right now. Sienna at two with nine wins. St. Peter's has the tiebreaker over Maris uh, with eight wins. Maris is the four at, at eight wins. Niagara is the five last uh, bye in the first round as of now with seven wins. Canisius is the six at six wins. Fairfield is the seven at six wins. Quinnipiac's the uh, the eight at six wins. Iona, um, they're more, more than likely almost for sure done for the year. They're going to stay at six wins. They're currently the nine seed. Uh, Manhattan is the 10 seed at five wins and Ryder is 11 at four wins. So, so you're looking at Canisius would be playing Ryder. Yes. In the, um, be in can, the first, round. right. First, so the first rounds matchups would be Canisius Ryder, Fairfield, Manhattan, and Quinnipiac, Iona. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be, and that's going to be that singular Monday night game. Right. Yes. Because they changed the schedule around the six to 11 game. There's, there's no back after dark this year. Um, oh. unfortunately, but they, yeah. Oh, oh no. And they did, uh, they, they, they ended up moving that game to Monday night. So. Mm. All right. Okay. So that, that, that is, that's noteworthy. I think that does make sense, I guess, because technically you're the best, if you're the best seed coming out of the first round, I guess you can get the extra rest day. But, um, I mean, if you get upset, if the 11 seed wins and the 11 seed gets a day of rest. So, right. um, I, I suppose, and I mean, of course, you know, the Mac after dark game, as much as we love it. Um, I mean, that game, that game could start at like God knows when 10 30 10 10 30 East Coast time (laughs) so uh yeah I I suppose it is a it is a change that makes sense as much as it pains me to to see the meme go away but yeah I I, I, it does make sense it does make sense yeah I agree I agree um so we'll move over uh to national uh I know you missed it 
Uh, I did. Very game sad of about the it. Year. Game of the year between Michigan and Ohio State on Sunday. Hell of a game. Absolutely. Like, I, like I said, best game of the year. Hunter Dickinson, uh, 22 points, nine rebounds for him in that game. Um, and I mean, what else can you say about this game? Everyone, like it, it, there was so much hype coming in surrounding this game just because, you know, it's three versus four in the country and it's Michigan, Ohio State, which is really a football rivalry. But now they're playing each other and they're both top five teams in basketball. This is the first time ever they've played each other as they're both top five teams um, in the country. So the ton of hype, it delivered and then some. It, it, that, this game exceeded expectations. It was close the entire way. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I can't say anything else about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was just that good. It was tight the whole way. I don't think anyone led by more than like five or six points the entire game. It was tied in the final six minutes or so um, of the game. Ton of lead changes. Um, yeah, and then Michigan ended up making the plays at the end. Um, Hunter Dickinson, again, was just the reason why they won that game. Um, Eli Brooks was great. Isaiah Livers was great. Um, Chonde Brown was great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just an amazing, amazing game. Obviously, the Ohio State's guys came up big. Dwayne Washington had 30. EJ Liddell, I know uh, – I know he's one of my favorite players in the country. We've talked about him a lot on this show, 23 and 10 um, for him. Michigan stays at three. Ohio State stays at four. Um, I thought that was interesting uh, mm-hmm. in the rankings. So they, they yeah. stay where they are. I know. I, I, I thought that was interesting too. Um, Cause I, I, it's tough for Michigan because I mean, they that is such an impressive and a big win for them to do that on the road. You're being the number right. four team in the country rivalry game, but it's so hard to make the argument that they're better than Gonzaga. Or, or oh, Baylor. it is. It's yeah. so hard to make that. It, it, despite how good of a win that it is, so so difficult to make that argument. Um, oh, I'm but, not. I'm not going to make that argument. I think Gonzaga and Baylor are the two best teams in the country. Yeah, but I think I, I think Michigan is has if they haven't already, they did. Uh, on yesterday solidify themselves as the number three team in the country. Mm. And I think they're a final four team. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I think so too. If they can continue to play it the way they are, I see no reason why, you know, why, why you could doubt that one, one caveat that I did, or one note that I, I found pretty interesting. Um, I saw the AP poll ballots on Twitter earlier today, and I believe it's, I, I gotta find, I gotta find the stat, but it was the first time in a while that one team, was voted um, like that, not number one, like outside number one was voted. Every voter in the poll put one single team at one position. They, every single voter put Michigan at number three, um, which I really? found very, yeah, I found that very, very interesting. No, no, no pollster put Michigan at two or one. Um, every single pollster put Michigan at number three. And it was, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but it, it was the first time in a while that that had happened outside of unanimous number one. Right. Um, huh. That's I I I uh, missed that stat. That's that's interesting. Yeah, honestly. no, I, I thought that was very interesting. Um. Huh. So yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's my fun my fun fact for the day, I guess. Yes, I, I yeah <laughs> I I uh, I missed that. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, I thought that was pretty neat. Um. But yeah. anyways, yeah, back to the game. 
Uh, I did catch the highlights, um, you know, as you alluded to, um, you know, EJ Lydell, Dwayne Washington for Ohio State, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, what can you say about Hunter Dickinson? I mean, the kid has just, you know, taken everybody's expectations for him and just thrown them out the right. window and, you know, jumped and to imagine, the sky. Imagine if like, Michigan had Isaiah Todd. Yeah, that's a good point. They'd be even better. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Oh, and Michigan, like the Michigan – you know, I, I guess I'll call them the Michigan fan base was kind of nervous at the beginning of this year because, you know, they didn't have that top recruit and Todd coming in and Hunter Dickinson was not supposed to be as good as he is. And, you know, like I said, he's just, like you said, he's just completely exceeded the expectations. Um, he's become one of the best big man, big men in the country. Um, he, he deserves, I, I, I'm not going to say he deserves player of the year uh, uh, consideration because I think that's still Lucas, Luca Garza's to lose. Um, but like, I, I put him like second or third on a ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think, I mean, again, I do love my Illinois. So I do have to, I do have to put Io DeSumo in consideration there as well. Right. Um, it's pretty crazy how good the big, t- it's absurd how good the big tennis is, is this year. Uh, <laughs> they have number three, number four, number five, and number nine. They have four of the top ten teams in the country. It's just it's absurd. It's literally <laughs> absurd how and like not only how good those teams are, how good the individual talent is, or you know some of the individual talent. Oh, yeah. in that conference too. I mean, as we just alluded to, I mean, you have probably three of the leading candidates for National Player of the Year, and Hunter Dickinson, Io Desumu, and Luca Garza all playing in the same conference. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's just absurd. Um, and speaking of that, I did, I did want to bring this up too. Um, you have Michigan, Iowa later this week, 25th. I think that's third, yeah, Thursday night. Yep. Um, you got Hunter Dickinson going up against Luca Garza. Absolutely right. a great matchup there. And then March 2nd, they play Illinois. So you got Dickinson going up, uh, or excuse me, going up against Kofi Coburn, which I think also could be a, a fun matchup to see. So uh, yeah, so plenty of, very fun Big Ten games down the stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Big Ten is one of those leagues that always finishes its regular season late and traditionally has its um, conference championship game on Selection Sunday, which personally I don't like that. I don't think leagues should be having their title game on Selection Sunday. I, I know it's a thing, and so many leagues do it now, uh, but I don't think it should be a thing because, you know, that Saturday is low-key one of the best days in the country. No, uh, I know. I agree. I agree with that. I, um, I never understood that either. I never understood that either. Like I, it's so frustrating because like to try and pick or not try to pick, but like try to like get an idea of bracketology, like the day of like that Sunday, you literally have no clue. Like you have a pretty much, I mean, the committee has a two hour window to know, you know, who's the auto right, and, I mean, the committee, and all that. The committee comes up with scenarios. So it's like, okay, like if this team wins, this is the bracket. If this team wins, this is the bracket. Like they do that, but it's like, you know, because the selection show is usually at what, six o'clock? Yeah, something like that. And, like. Um, you know, I'd love to see it like in the middle of the day. Like, because I know college football always goes there. It's always like noon or one o'clock or something. I think that mm. would be a really cool thing. All yeah, the conference tournaments finish up on Saturday night and uh, you get the bracket on Sunday afternoon. Now you get the bracket on Sunday night with games in the afternoon, um, which I guess is fine, but I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it. 
Yeah, I feel I feel so. you on that for sure. I, I I also have this is this is kind of off topic, but I've always had beef with how the selection or the brackets how it, or the, the bracket reveal, sorry, the bracket reveal shows. I've I have beef with how that they've they've been going these past few years. Like I remember um I want to say it was two years. I mean, it couldn't have been last year, obviously, but I think it was two years ago um, when they had it on TNT or uh, TBS, whichever station or CBS. They have it on CBS. Yeah, yeah, whichever, yeah, whichever Turner, whatever CBS type station it was. Um, I think they pretty much, when they were revealing the teams, they just revealed like every team in alphabetical order first. Yes. And then they showed the bracket. I thought that that was was so so dumb. That was so dumb. Like, just like, show me the bracket. I like, like when you, when they show the bracket and they reveal, you know, you're, oh, the one sixteen. here's the one team, here's the 16. Oh, the, the eight, nine, here's the eight. Here's the, like, I like that so much better. Oh, it's simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. It's so much simple. And like, I feel like just listing every team really ruins the hype. You know what I mean? Because I I, I want Greg Gumbel just Giving me the team name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Giving me the matchup exactly. as they go down. Exactly. That's what I want. Exactly. Don't give me the all the bells boat. and whistles. Just give me, just give me the simple bracket. Amen. Amen. I'm with you there. It's because it's so much more interesting that way and so much more riveting that way for me because like, you know, once you have, you give, you get the list of all the teams, you're like, oh, this person, they, they you know, they didn't make it. They were first four out. They, they didn't make it. Oh, they, they did make it. You know what I mean? I like finding out like via the bracket, you know what I mean? Like, right. and plus, you know, seeing the team's reactions on the cameras, like that's always a, you know, a fun thing to see too, you know, right. especially for like, like say, like, say like, for example, like Alabama is mm-hmm. a bubble team. Like if they do it in alphabetical order, you know, first thing it's Alabama. Yeah, team. right. Exactly. That's a very, I didn't even think and about say that. You yeah. have a team like, I don't know, say Xavier <laughs> is a bubble team, which they're not this year. Xavier is not good. Uh, but just say they're a bubble team. Some you're you're not gonna. Xavier is actually gonna get. I I was mixing them up. I was mixing them up with Butler. Xavier is gonna. Say, I was like Xavier's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like if Xavier was a bubble team, we wouldn't know until like the last teams to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I that that annoys me too. That was just something I had to bring up. Like, just. No, me, like, I, like you I remember said. them doing that and thinking it was stupid. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you agree. You know, like like you said, give me Greg Gumble and just give me a bracket and flip the blank the blank tags and show me team names. That's all that's all I right. need. That's keep all it simple. There's nothing, there's no reason to do right. anything different. Like just keep it right. keep it the classic. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I guess speaking of bracketology, uh we'll, we'll get we'll go back to some some matchups in a second here, but I did I just want to bring this up. Um, you know, with, with talking about the bracket, uh, I have two Joe, specific teams to bring up in their uh, their chances now. Okay, from um, some results over the weekend, but you can right. go first. Here. Yes, I was just I was just gonna read off what Lenardi has in the bubble. Um, I believe this this is from the 19th, so still so, so a few days ago. Um, he has last four buys: Indiana, Xavier, Drake, North Carolina. His last four in are Maryland, Minnesota, St. Bonaventure, and Stanford. His first four out are UConn, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Utah State. So our four bid Mountain West is now looking not not likely, unfortunately, which Damn. is 
which is a tragedy. Think of St. Bonaventure had a good win over Davidson. Uh, yes, they that? did. Yeah, that was on Sunday. Yes, they did. I, I I really hope they make it, man. It's always so much fun. Obviously, I'm biased. I think they, I think they're going to at this point. I mean, I think they have a good chance to win the Atlantic Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, a lot of teams in the Atlantic Ten are just so mediocre. Yeah, and true. by the way, shout out to UMass. Yeah, no, I've shout out since, UMass. that is a good shout. UMass having a decent year. They're, they're um, six and two in the uh, in the Atlantic Ten. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, man. Number three in the Atlantic Ten right now. That's a that's a very good shout out. Um, yeah, I kind of feel bad for St. Louis. I mean, they're not. I mean, we, we a lot of people expect them Louis to be has really had a lot good. Of COVID problems. This yeah, year. I know. I, I was I kind of feel bad for them because they were they on paper they were supposed to be a really good team and you know they've just had so many bumps on the road. But um, either way, right. anywho, back to what I was saying. Uh, UConn, Colorado State, St. Louis, Utah State, first four out. Um, next four out, St. John's, Ole Miss, Syracuse, and SMU. Big game between Syracuse and Duke tonight. Um, yeah, it is one of those game. teams is going to pick up a big win. What's, what's the score of that game right now? Because they're playing as we speak. Oh. Um, yeah, because that game's at seven. Uh, Duke is up 14 with uh, just over 13 minutes to go. Um, Duke is one of those – Duke is a team that really helped its tournament chances. Yes. Uh, with their with their win over Virginia on Saturday, a home win against Virginia, sixty six to sixty five um, against them. Duke has kind of picked it up now. They've won three in a row now. I mean, granted, two of them were over not great teams in NC State and Wake Forest, uh, but that's a good win. It's their first ranked win of the year. Yeah, it's their first ranked win of the year. Um, I'm starting to think we talked about uh, Jalen Johnson again last week. Um, I'm starting to think Duke is a better team without Jalen Johnson. I think I know, this right? ended up kind of being addition by subtraction. I know, right? I'm thinking the same thing at this point. I mean, it feels like they played their better ball um, without, without him a- on the roster. And I do, speaking of that, I do want to bring up, I don't know if you saw, I'm assuming you saw this, Jim Beheim's quote on Jalen Johnson opting out. Did you see that? Did you see what he said? Yeah, he basically just said the same thing that I said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, for those that did not hear it, uh, his quote was, quote, uh, I'm Jalen Johnson opting out. That guy was hurting them, so they actually are much better now without him. He was just doing some things and keeping other people from playing that are good. They've had two monster wins since he's opted out. And, I mean, on cue, I mean, legitimately, right. what is happening right now is sure enough, they're playing well, they're playing better seemingly without on paper, one of their best players. So, um, talent-wise, that is. Um, so, yeah, I guess Jim Bayon And it's, you know, right. one of those things that we, we talked about him last week, like Jalen Johnson's kind of a bit of a head case. And yeah. maybe perhaps he was being a head case at Duke, and now it's kind of – he's gone, and it's kind of a breath of fresh air for the team. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking it is. Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree with you. I think that – you know, you, you had that great point last week about, you know, all his past troubles and, um, mm-hmm. you know, his, him pretty much being a head case, as, as you said. So I, I, I find it hard to make an argument for them to be an at-large team at this point. Um, but I mean, who knows? I, 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 I think guess... they, they still have, they still have, a, they're helping their chances right now. They still yeah. have, they still have an opportunity um, to beat Louisville. That game is on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. That game's on Saturday. Uh, they have a chance to beat them. 
Uh, and right now, Louisville is pretty solidly in the tournament, although they lost huge to North Carolina yeah, on Saturday, ugly. 99 to 54. Very ugly. Uh, they were coming off a of COVID pause. It was their first game since February 1st. Um, but I think Louisville is a team that's still solidly in the tournament. Um, they have a chance against Georgia. They, they played Georgia Tech, and then they beat North Carolina. If they can go, I mean, they realistically they can win all three of those games. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. And even if and they, they go do. two, and even if they go two and one, um, and one of the losses is either the Louisville or North Carolina game, um, I can forgive them, and they can. And if they win a game or two um, in the ACC tur- in the ACC tournament, um, that will really help their chances. Yeah, no, that's a fact. I mean, if. If they, assuming they hang on against Syracuse tonight and they win their last three, that'll put them at twelve and six in conference. And I mean nine yeah. and six. Uh, well, if they win, if they beat Syracuse tonight, they'll be nine oh, and six okay. in conference. Um, if they win the, the other three games after that, they'll be they'll finish twelve and six. Um, and then that's that good enough to get them, in. Yeah, that'll put them twelve and six in conference, fourteen and eight. Uh, overall, and I mean, granted, the, the resume nice. isn't strong, but they won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the truth. Um, I mean, Michigan State, looking back on it, it didn't look like a back lo- bad loss at the time, but it's not a great loss. Um, right. Illinois, didn't re- they were never really in that game. They were never in that game. Um, Virginia Tech, uh, Pitt is not a particularly great loss. Pitt is, sneak- Pitt is kind of a sneaky good team, IMO. Yeah, that's, kind that's of. fair. Kind That's of. Fair. They're, they're, yeah, I feel like they kind of. They're not there yet. Average. They're not there yet. I think Jeff Cable is doing a good job there, but they're they're not quite there yet. But they're taking. Yeah. Uh, they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I was about to say, considering where they were in recent years, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's definitely Kevin pretty. Stallings. <laughs> what a that was that the most is. uninspiring hire I have ever seen in college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, Kevin Stallings. That was bad. Man. That was really bad. <laughs> I remember. Didn't they go? Did they go winless in conference that one year? I think, yes, they did. They went 0-18. And that was because yeah. Stallings was only there for two years. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I, I got to look it up now. I think the first game, I think the first year they only won three league games. And then they went over. Or no, they won four. Yeah, they, they won four conference games. And uh, they, so they went 4-14 four and 14 year one, 0-18 year two. That's 4-31 and 31 overall. Uh, he went 24 and 41 in two years at Pittsburgh. So uh, not great. Yeah, not yeah, not not particularly good whatsoever. And he got um, a show cause after it, right? I think so. I think so. That sounds right. I think uh, that's what I'm looking up right now. I was about to say, yes, I'm pretty he sure did. he did. Yes, he did. That is and, uh, about a year funny. ago. Literally just over a year ago today, February 20th, 2020, he got hit with a three year show cause penalty. So. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh God, dude! Yeah, so many, so many things have happened in in the world of sports on today. It's weird. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, yeah, the miracle on ice happened happened today. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. Do you follow? There's that one account on Twitter that's like this day in sports. They, they post all those sports clips. I don't know if you follow that or not. I'm not but, sure. I I don't think I follow it, but I think I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, they were they were posting tons of stuff today. You had miracle on ice today. Um. They had John Gillen, his three pointer. Yep, uh, I saw the buzzer beater. Yeah, because, because I was at that game. Beat Duke twice. Yes, yes, I saw. I saw your tweet. About I was that. at that game. Fun uh, fact. Fun, fun fact to the listeners. I was at that game. Didn't storm yes. the court. Should have. But I was at that game. Um. So that was really cool. Uh. 
And they also tweeted that uh, Mike Tyson won his last professional fight today as well. So shout out to, hmm. shout out to Mike Tyson. That's Mike Tyson's first shout out on the podcast ever. Yes. Um, Mike Tyson, Glenn's false. He started his career there. Did he actually? Didn't right up that. by me. Yep. Huh. Did not know that. Yeah. So shout out. So I'm a big Mike Tyson guy. Shout out Mike Tyson. That is very, that is very cool. I did not know that. Also shout yes. out Joe Girard. Yeah. Glenn's, Glenn's Falls legend. Glenn's Falls. Shout out Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Oh, yes. Another good shout. <laughs> Damn, we're going to kill the shout-out game tonight. We are. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. probably the first time Mike Tyson's gotten a shout-out on this show. <laughs> I would think. Yeah, I am about to say, I, I'm not going to comb through the archives, but I'm, I'm no. going gonna, gonna to declare that, that that is the first Mike Tyson shout-out of all time. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, Eddie, anywho, um, I think Duke does have a chance to make the tournament. Um, which yeah, is, I think as crazy I think, as that um, is to say, they, I think they do have right a because they seemed even a couple weeks ago they seemed dead in the water. Mm-hmm. It's like Duke's not going to the tournament. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and now all like, of a sudden, are, so. all of a sudden they have a chance. You beat, you get a quality, quality win against Virginia like that, and you're gonna probably beat Syracuse tonight, who is a pretty firm bubble team. Uh, definitely right. on the outside looking in, but they're they're a bubble team nonetheless. Um. Yeah, man, that, that that would be a heck of a run by Duke yes, it would. if they could somehow turn their season around after losing Jalen Johnson. And how bad would Jalen Johnson feel if they turn that around and make the tournament? Oh, yeah. And even, oh, if, they end up making, even if they end up making a tournament run, they end up going, you know, Sweet 16, for example. I don't, oh, think, yeah. I don't think that's in the cards, but I think – I mean, obviously it's Duke. You never know. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a tournament, so again, you never know. Yeah, I was about to say, either you're losing to Lehigh or you're going to make a Sweet 16 run as like an 11 seed. Who knows? Right, right. You never know what to expect. So Duke, so Duke has helped their tournament chances. One team I want to say because I gave them a shout out a couple weeks ago, and they have they disappointed me greatly on Saturday. St. John's, they yeah. lost to DePaul, and that more or less killed their chances of going to the tournament. Yeah, that was not. You can't, you, not you, can't a good lose. Loss. you can't. You cannot lose to DePaul at home. They lost DePaul yeah. at home. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that as a, as a. It was DePaul's second league win. They beat Marquette. It was their first league win since January twenty third. They went almost a month without <sighs> a league win. Yeah, that is just bad, man. And that, you can't do and the, that. And the problem is that was for St. John's. That's a month of great basketball right down the tube. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Because they beat UConn. They beat Marquette. They beat Villanova. They beat Providence. They beat Xavier. And then they lose the ball. Yep, that is a fact. And this, I, I said that earlier, how Joe Lenardi had them in the next four out. That was on the 19th, and they lose it to Paul on the 20th. So, Right. Uh, willing to bet when he releases his next one, presumably tomorrow, that they will not be there. Uh, yeah. Let me see if Jerry Palm has his out. Let's see if his is more. I, I wouldn't think the Paul. I wouldn't think uh, St. John's is there now. Yeah, I'm just curious to see if anybody has one like from. Oh, okay. This was updated today from Jerry Palm. Um, let's see what he's got. Uh, oh I would not think St. John's is there. Good lord. I don't want to turn off ad block. Stop it. <laughs> I'll turn it off. There. Are you happy, CBS Sports? Are you happy? Are you you're you're making money off of my computer now? Um, okay. Anywho, 
Uh, yeah, they are. I don't even think he has solidly a, out. Yeah, he does. I don't see a next four out, first four out for or first four in for him. Um, yeah, so our first four buys, excuse me, but yes, they are nowhere to be found. <laughs> uh, his his last so, four, so in, I, yeah, because I mean, because I mean, over the weekend, I was willing to say, yeah, like St. John's, you know, they'll beat DePaul, newsflash, they did not. Um, <laughs> And, you know, you probably lose to Villanova, which is a fine loss. I mean, get, getting a split against Villanova is very, very good. Um, and then you can split Providence and Seton Hall. And then, like, you can, like you maybe have a chance at winning both of those games, going finishing the year at three and one, like finishing the year three and one in your last four. But then you go out and you basically get rid of all the work. Yeah, you'll lose to DePaul. I mean, I mean, St. I mean, St. John's is a good team. Um, I, I was thinking about them yesterday after that game. I was like, Mike Anderson is doing a really, really good job there. Um, they're not quite there yet. I think next year will be the year for them. Um, but yeah, because you, you, you'll have uh, Julian Champagny as a junior. Uh, you'll have Posh Alexander as a sophomore. Um, Cause they're not, they're not really losing um all too much they're losing Rasheem Dunn uh they're losing I think that's just about it for the the big role um players so they they have most of their guys back next year um St. John's is probably an IT team um now after this but again like I said not quite their year I think they compete in the Big East next year yeah I think that's fair I think that's definitely fair um, oh, uh, I will say, by the way, now that I have it up, um, Jerry Palms last four in, this was updated this morning. Uh, he's got St. Louis, North Carolina, Colorado, Indiana, and his first four out are Seton Hall, Minnesota, VCU, and Stanford. So I say Seton Hall is another bubble team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That man, I think them and Minnesota that, are very interesting cases because Minnesota yes. is 10 losses, but they're playing in the big 10. You know what I mean? Like they really all aren't terrible losses. So mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a tough one for them. By the way, Duke is up 22 on Syracuse now with seven and a half to go. Yeah, not great for old Jimmy boy. Not great no. for Jim. Um, yeah, they, they can almost for sure kiss their bracket or uh, tournament chances. Tournament hope. Bye. Um, what are their last few games out of curiosity? Uh, they play – uh georgia tech or north carolina so yeah there really isn't much of a chance yeah there, there isn't too much of a chance you win you know maybe maybe, maybe they go on a big run in the acc tournament um but again i'm not sure about that yeah so. they're gonna that's pretty much their only hope at this right. point so um, i so i have two more matchups that i want to go over uh really quick and then we can get to predictions saturday uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech, very, very fun game. West Virginia wins that 84 to 82. I feel like every week we talk about a big West Virginia win. That's true. I know. I'm, they're, they're starting to make me eat my words when I told I didn't really said I didn't really believe in them. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good game, by the way. They were down, I think, 19 at one point in that game, and they come all the way back yeah. to win that. Um, I don't know if you saw, but um, did you did you catch how uh, I think it was Andrew Jones and and Courtney Ramey I think were fighting during a timeout. I did um, not see. Oh that. yeah, that was. Uh, I think Texas was up around like 10, 11, maybe five minutes into the second half, 
and uh, Shaq Smart calls a timeout, and Andrew Jones, like they they showed the replay of it. And Andrew Jones was just yelling at Courtney Ramey, and mm-hmm. you know they both were like jawing at each other. And then it, it looked like some people got in between them, and then it calmed down. And then w- somebody said something else, and then I think it was I can't remember if it was Ramey or Jones that was getting pretty much just like held back by like three guys trying to go at the other person. Um, I'm, trying so, to, I'm trying to pull up a video on Twitter now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see if I can find one. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, it was just from there, it just felt like all the air kind of went out of Texas. I mean, they, they blew the lead and West Virginia tied it and then ended up closing it out down the stretch. This but, is kind of intriguing. Yeah. I'm watching it. I'm watching it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Like I, I didn't really, because I, I wasn't really paying attention to the game. I was just kind of on my phone. And then I looked up and right. I saw what was going on. And I was like, what the? Well, that's, that's Oh, yeah. Unusual. Look at that. He's get, yeah, he's getting, like, held back by, like, three guys. I didn't see this. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it pretty much felt like from that uh, point on, Texas just was not as good as they were um, throughout right. the rest. Throughout yeah, because, the because Texas was up. Because Texas was up 10 at the half. They, Texas scored 53 points in that first half. Then they only scored 29 in the second. Just West Virginia, I think, was just more consistent throughout the game. 43 mm-hmm. in the first, 41 in the second. I think that's why they won the game. Like you said, maybe that little altercation was kind of what did Texas in um, early in the second half. But yeah, this um, Texas was just inconsistent in that game from what it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, regardless, I mean, Courtney Ramey had 28. You know what I mean? Right. He, he had a very good game, but balance scoring from West Virginia he had five guys in double figures. Uh, uh, West Der- Virginia is one of the most balanced teams in the country. Yeah, I know you you you've mentioned that before, and I'm, I'm starting right. I'm starting to see your vision. To be honest with you, I mean they they look very very impressive. I mean they were down early, but to be able to rally like that, you know, I feel like a, a Bob Huggins coach team is always like. They, they, they have a swagger to them. You know what I mean? Like they always kind of have yes. that, you know, you know, never say never, you know, you're never out of a game type. Right. Uh, type. Uh, what's the word? Um, type, I guess type vibe around them. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was, it was de- definitely a very good win for them. I think they're up to what? 10th in their rankings now. West Virginia is um, 10th. Texas is 10. 14. Okay. There you go. So yeah. Top 10 West Virginia. Tell your kids about it. Um, just a good, good win for them. Period. Very good win for yeah, them. I agree. I agree. Yeah. West Virginia, good team. They're one of my favorite teams to watch this year, just because of that depth and that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've talked, like I've just talked about so many times, um, and it showed in a big way. I mean, this is a team that goes out there and scores a lot of points. Um, it seems like they're out there putting up at least 80, just about every time they're coming out, they've scored at least 76 points in one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, seven straight games. They put up at least 76 points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a team that goes out there and scores a lot of points. And that's something that comes from the balance and just the number of weapons they have. And I think because of that, that's a team that could go out and make a deep tournament. Right? I see, I see them as a potential, like elite eight team. Yeah, no, def- def- absolutely. I definitely, I, you, you're, you're slowly but surely making me a believer in this team. You know, I was, I was very doubtful because I feel like they were kind of up and down earlier in this year, right. but they were. They definitely have settled down. They're playing their best ball now, which is as we've said about seventeen times in this podcast tonight, about about as important this is the as best ever. Time, yeah, best time to play your best ball is leading up to March. So, 
Right. Uh, one more uh, game result to go over. Uh, Houston had a weird week. They lose to Wichita State uh, 68-63 on Saturday. And then they go out and put the beat down on uh, Cincinnati. They win that game 90-52. to um, Houston's taken a couple bad losses lately because they lost to East Carolina yeah, uh, back on February 3rd. And then – so they've lost two of their past four games against Division One competition. Um, and two of the wins was against a bad Cincinnati team. And it, the other one was against South Florida, who's pretty – middling in the middle of uh, the American right now. So uh, Houston, something's going on there, I think. And they're kind of starting to struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I did want to mention this too, while, while we're talking about this game. Do you think Wichita State has a case of being at large? Because I mean, you I look, think they do. I think they do too. Cause I mean, you look at their, you look at their record 13 and four and they're nine and two in the American, which by the way, they're leading the American technically right, right. now. Um, so they, they technically could be the top seed heading into that tournament, which would be noteworthy for sure. Right. Um, they play Tulane and temple to finish the year. Um, so certainly two winnable games there. Their four losses are to Houston which is excusable Missouri, yes. which is excusable only lost by three to Oklahoma state, which I would say is also excusable. And then Memphis, which is a tough yeah, one. Oklahoma state's a tournament team. Yes, absolutely. And then there are I mean, the, the one, Memphis, which the is one ugly, bad game they put up was the game against Memphis on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They put up that one bad game. Exactly. And you know, they, they have not played SMU yet this year. Both those they, they've been postponed both times. They were supposed to play SMU. I'm not sure if they'll be able to get that game in, but yeah, because I was, th- was going to say I think SMU is having some COVID problems right now. Mm-hmm. I think I think so too. I think so too. So and, I mean, yeah, they. I think I think, yeah, S- I mean, I think them, I, them versus SMU could be an interesting game because I feel like those are two pretty firmly or two teams that are firmly on the bubble right now. Um, that could almost be like right. you win that game, you you push your chances higher and pretty in. much eliminate the other team. Um, right. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they get a game like that in, but yeah, I think I, I kind of out of nowhere, they've kind of emerged as this team that has a pretty solid case. And I mean, you now beaten the above and beyond best team in your conference. Could you do it right. in March and potentially just steal an auto yeah. bid and I, and I think that's even more impressive from Wichita State, considering what they had to go through in the offseason. They had part ways with Greg Marshall. They're under an interim coach right now, and Isaac Brown, Isaac Brown has potentially earned the right to stay mm-hmm. as the interim coach. I know. And perhaps he will. Yeah, I've seen a lot point. of like uh, – um, I know, I, I know I, a name being thrown around a lot with that was Thad Mata. Oh yeah, I did see that too. Actually, I remember. I remember hearing hearing about that. Wait, that yeah, back be, back in the fall. That would be a very, um, I'll say interesting hire. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. That would that, be interesting. Would be very he's been out of coaching for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, how old is he now? He's got to be up there. Um, he's, no, he was young when he left. That model. Oh yeah, good shout. He's, he's only fifty three. Yeah, he's what the hell? That's true. He was young. I don't know why I'm. Yeah, because because he had some he had some 
some health problems, and it yeah. seems like he's fine now. Yeah, that's probably um, why I thought he was older because of the... getting back in your coaching. Yeah, that's a fact. That's probably why I thought he was older because he left because of health problems. So I must have figured the dude was like old, but clearly not. Clearly not. Um, but he's fifty three. Hmm. Yeah, so, so I perhaps mean, he's ready to get back in the coaching. Yeah, it could be. And I mean, even if he doesn't go but to I Wichita think Isaac, State, I think Isaac Brown. No, absolutely. I mean, I think they'd be crazy not to keep Isaac Brown with the job he's done this year. I think he's certainly proven he's right. capable of, of of getting the intern tag ripped off of him. So, um, but I do think if that body is interested in coming back to coaching, I think that's an interesting name that could be uh, in in the carousel come come the off season. So, right. Um, uh, Boston College. We talked about that. Yeah, that's a, I was that's it's funny. I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> so maybe. Maybe, Maybe. We'll but I, I, I definitely see him getting an interview at Wichita State because I'm sure they'll interview uh, a bunch of different guys. But um, yeah, probably. Yeah, Isaac Brown has definitely earned to take the interim tag taken off him. So, so there you go. Um, so we can get into predictions. If you did, if you didn't have anything to add, I do uh, not. Yeah, but I think I'm all good. I think we've had everything I want to talk about. So. Yeah, we'll jump into predictions for the week. We'll start tomorrow with Kansas and Texas at nine o'clock at the Irwin Center. The Irwin Center. Um, shout out Irwin Center. Yeah, shout out the Irwin Center. Um, that's a good one. Kansas has been playing better recently. Yes, they have. They're up to seventeen in the country now. Yeah, had that big win over Texas Tech. I think that was on Saturday. Yes, it was. Um. Um. You know what? Call me crazy. I think I'm going to go Kansas in this one. I think. I'm gonna go, go. I'll go with the hot team. I'm gonna go against you here. I'm gonna say Texas. All right, fair enough. I think Texas uh, is probably the better team, but I'll roll. I'll, I'll roll right. with the and team. I still, I still, momentum, I, I still, I still don't believe in Texas. So, <laughs> or not Texas, Kansas. Um, yeah, I don't believe in Kansas. Still, I don't think they're. I don't think they're that good. I think they're just getting lucky. I'm sure I'll eat those words in a couple weeks. <laughs> That's that okay. I I ate crow on West Virginia, so don't worry. You can't be that bad. True. Uh, we'll jump to Wednesday. Alabama and Arkansas. Yeah, this is this is another interesting one. By the way, shout out shout out ranked. Ar- I think they were ranked last week, but again, shout out ranked Arkansas. Um, I'll, I'll go Alabama. I think Alabama is just a better team here. Yeah, I I, I would uh, I would tend to agree with that. So I'll go with you there we'll jump to thursday we got two ranked matchups on thursday the first one is west virginia and baylor oh boy i this is this baylor's undefeated i could see west virginia taking this game but i'm going to go safe and say baylor because i'm boring yeah i'm gonna do the same thing i'm not i'm (laughs) as much as i want to as as much as it would be pretty crazy to see, I I don't know. I just think Baylor is the better team. Yeah. It's 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 in Waco. I'll roll I'll roll with the Bears on that one. Yeah. Although I do yeah. agree with you, I think West Virginia with the the form they've been playing in, I think they certainly could give them a, give them a game for sure. Right, right. Um, Iowa, Michigan later in the evening. Um, I think. Oh boy. Um, I'll I'll go with Michigan just because I think Mich I think Michigan's offense is just mm-hmm. steps better than Iowa's defense, and I think that that's right. probably just going to be the difference maker. I think Iowa can keep up in terms of points, but I don't think they're like they're they're going to score a lot. It's going to be a high scoring game. Bet the over, but 
I don't. Iowa's think defense that, is just. Iowa's defense is just not great. Yeah, it's just so suspect. And, and I've said it's that so before. And I still mm-hmm. think that they like Iowa State like didn't even do that well against Penn State the other night. Yeah. Last night it was seventy. It was seventy four sixty eight. I mean the offense was fine, but the defense just. I mean they only gave up sixty eight points, but they but like they let Penn State keep it close to them, and there was there were some wide open shots that Penn State got in that game, especially. Uh, from behind the three-point line. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that was just a quick thought on that game. Um, but I will go I will go Michigan in that game as well for the similar reasons that you did. All right, I like it. <laughs> um, so we'll jump to Saturday. I got two on Saturday. Uh, Texas and Texas Tech. I'll roll with... Um, I'll go Texas Tech. I think they get. It, I think they get it done. I will roll. I'll go against you on that one. I'll roll. I'll roll Texas. I don't think Texas Fair loses enough. twice Fair this enough. week. Fair enough. Um, we'll continue on to Saturday. Baylor, Kansas at Kansas. Keep in mind. I now that I'm, 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 I'm more confident. I'm about to say I'm more confident in in, in Baylor yeah. in this one than I am in the West Virginia one. I'm yes, definitely rolling. I agree. I agree. definitely rolling Baylor on that one. Yeah. Um. I also, I'll I'll give one myself just because it's kind of caught my eye and it's always a fun rivalry game. Um. Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Ooh. Uh. I'll go Oklahoma State. Ooh. I, I like I that. Really like, I really like the way Oklahoma State has uh, been playing this year. I I think they I think they go in there and pull off the upset. I like that. Um. Eh, I'm, I'll be boring. I'll pick. I'll pick the favorite. I'll go Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, I do. I do agree with you. I think Oklahoma State. I'm fingers crossed. I don't think that they would do it this late in the year. I think that they're going to be tournament eligible. But, I think so too. I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I think they're at a point where it'd be like totally pulling the rug out from under them. Yeah, I was about to say like that would be. It would just be. It'd be like criminal. Like I mean, they work. They work right. so hard all year, you know, thinking. And I'm sure Oklahoma time. State fans would take the postseason ban for next year because obviously they're not going to have Cade Cunningham next. Right. Year. Oh, 100. percent so, Yeah. You you absolutely take the run this year than than yes. versus next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I hope they do get into the tournament though. I think Cade Cunningham's a very fun player to watch. I think they're a fun team to watch. So I, I think I think a lot of people need to see him on a national scale. That like too. That. that too. That's another thing is I feel like. Um, I mean, he has had some national TV games, but I, I feel like to the extent that the tournament reaches, I think it'll right. be, I think a lot more people will be tuned in, you know, right. when they hear a name like I Kate Cunningham, I, I would have to think. Uh, so we'll do one more uh, Sunday afternoon, Iowa and Ohio State on the last oh, day of February. Man. Oh, God. This is, this, this is, this is a toughie. Um, this is, yeah, this one is tough. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go Ohio State. I almost said I, but I'm going Ohio State. Uh, I'll be, I'll be a little ballsy. I'll say Iowa. I'll okay. say, I'll, I'll go Iowa on this one. I think, I, think I, I almost said I, mm, but I decided not to. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say, give me, give me 29 and 13 from Luca Garza. Book it. But they still lose. Uh, or no, you have the win. Yeah, I got him winning. I got him winning. I got him winning. Twenty nine thirteen from Luca Garza. Okay, G- give like it to that. me. I like that. If so. he does, if he does actually put that up, um, it will be the first thing I say on the podcast next week. Yes. You, you will know. I predicted yes. that. 
there's if, a if very slim chance that that happens. But if it does happen, he's going to put up 28 and 12. Oh, I know. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Or better yet, he's going to put up 29, 13 and they're going to lose. And my poll prediction is just going to be foiled, but uh, that's okay. As long as I get one of I those mean, two, never, right, hey, I'll be happy. I mean, he never said it was a parlay. That's a fact. Oh, that is a that fact. Is it's true. not a parlay. They're not, they are, they are mutually <laughs> excuse, exclusive or Absolute, not mutually so there exclusive. You go. Excuse me. So there you go. I mean, you only, you only have to hit on one of them. So, <laughs> so yeah, that is all I have. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Talking Smack podcast. Again, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night. <laughs>